this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, last week we started, uh, I started a message on God still with us. I put the word still in there because we know that the word Emmanuel is God with us. And But I wanted to remind you that God is still with us. He said he'd never leave us, Jesus said, and he'd never forsake us. And I want us to read again out of Matthew chapter one. If you have a Bible, would you just take your Bible and open it up, electronic Bible, you can go ahead and open up to Matthew chapter one and verse 21. It's the text that we read from last week. And I'll read um, verses 21 through 23. And it says this, and she, that's Mary, will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet um, saying, behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Lord, I pray that you'd open your word to us today in Jesus name. Amen. So he said, you shall call his name Jesus, but then you shall call his name Emmanuel. The word Jesus means savior. And we call him Jesus because he is our savior, but we also call him Emmanuel, meaning he's God with us. And I want to remind you that he wasn't Jesus who visited us like a person in history who we remember meeting a long time ago, or we remember reading about and uh, reflecting on the good things that they were in our lives. No, he's, he came to not only visit us, he came to dwell with us, to live with us, to be with us on a daily basis. And then we read about Jesus' life. He lived these 30 years. He had his ministry for three years, and then he died on the cross He was raised again on the third day. And before he ascended, this is the very last verse in the book of Matthew. The Bible says, teaching them to observe all things that I commanded you. And Jesus said, and lo, I am with you always. Remember, his name is Emmanuel, God with us. And the very last verse in Matthew is, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. In other words, he was saying, I'm not leaving you. He did say, I go to prepare a place for you that when I come again, I may receive you unto myself that where I am there, you may be also. But he was saying, I want to be with you forever. I want to always be with you because I am God with you. That's Jesus in our lives. Jesus didn't come to visit, though that would be enough if he just visited us. But he came to stay. He came to move into our lives. We talked about last week that the presence of Jesus brings a sense of security in your life uh, like nothing else. The presence of Jesus also breaks the fear of man. I know that there's a lot of people who are trapped with fearing what people think about them and they always have to suck up to someone and they always have to feel like they have to be good enough for to gain someone's approval. But when you have the presence of Jesus in you, you don't have to grasp for things. You don't have to grasp for the attention of people but you have security in his presence. And we read from Hebrews chapter 13, verses five and six. It says, let your conduct be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. 
I will not fear. What can man do to me? And I want us to say those things again. There's three things he said, so that we may boldly say, the presence of Jesus surrounds us so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. Would you say that? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? And that's what the presence of Jesus does. It brings us security. It eliminates the fear of man in our lives. Well, this week uh, in the reading, I want to read from actually today's reading. You know, we read our Bibles every day at Memphis Tabernacle. And today's reading happens to be in Hebrews chapter 12. It's right after the great faith chapter in chapter 11, where you see all these heroes of faith, where they all stepped out on things that they didn't see. They had hope for them, but they, their faith made them step out and, uh, and go after things that they didn't have the ability to produce on their own, but they were going after the word of the Lord and letting it settle in their heart. And so they were all written up as a hero of, as heroes of faith. And then in chapter 12, it says this, right at the beginning, it says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. What is he saying? He's saying, as we look at all these heroes of faith, he's saying, let's follow their example and lay aside every weight, lay aside things that distract us, lay aside every sin and things that would, would want to hold us back from what God has for our lives. And then he says, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And the verse I want to look at is verse two. He says, looking unto Jesus. And who is Jesus? Again, he's Emmanuel. He's God with us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Last week, we talked about that Jesus didn't just come to visit us. He came to stay. But this week, I want to talk to you about he didn't just come to start something in your life, but he came to finish something inside of you. Jesus is the author and he's the finisher of our faith. He doesn't just start things. He finishes things. He's a great finisher. You know, it's easier to start projects than it is to finish projects. Uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I enjoy starting things. You know, I get an idea and I get out there and I say, hey, let's, let's start this. And you go out and you say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get this project going. And you get out, whether it's to go plant a plant and, you know, you go dig something and you get halfway into it and then you go start a different project and you say, oh, I'm going to go uh, cut this thing down, you know, on, on the maybe a, a pole from this size down to this size. And I'm going to put you know, a light on top of it with this. And you can start a project here and you start a project there and start a project here. And before you know it, you started five or six projects and you didn't finish any of them. And sometimes people realize about themselves that they're great starters because there's a lot of excitement in the starting of things, but not a lot of excitement in the finishing of things. You know, you especially see that when people are trying to help you out, that they'll help you get started. But as soon as they get bored, they kind of slack off and say, oh, I'm not going to help you. I don't really have time to help you finish. I don't know how long this thing's going to take. And so they back off. Let me tell you, Jesus didn't just commit himself to get things started in your life, but he committed to follow through. 
and to stay with you until they're all done. It's not just uh, the starters that get the rewards in life. It's the closers. It's the finishers. It's not about uh, the start of a game that wins the game. It's about the ending of a game that wins the game. You know, they say like the professional sports players, the basketball players, they get paid the big bucks. The ones who get paid the big bucks are the ones who are closers. They usually don't have highlight rails of the beginning of the games, you know, of how they started. It's usually the last three seconds, the last five seconds, that last three-point shot, you know, that they made or that, that clutch shot or that clutch quarterback pass and that clutch catch right there at the end. You know, in business, it's not usually that everything just went great with the, with the business deal. No, it was that it got grim it got bad, they were on a low budget, they were just about to run out, they had limited resources, they were at the end of the day and they didn't know what to do, and what did they do? They pulled it out, they stuck it out, and, 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 and it came through. It was the ending that made the story. Even in movies that you see at the very, very end, the excitement, the climax, is when it seemed like everything was about to go downhill and all of a sudden it came back up. It was, it was the ending that made the whole thing so great. And you know, it's not about the start of our lives or even the middle part of our lives. You may wonder, why isn't life going so well? Listen, it's not over. God is someone who begins at your end and he goes back to the beginning and he helps you walk Walk your life out all the way through your life every single day. The Bible says here in Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He didn't only start you out, but every day of your life, he's committed to walk you through. It's not just about how you start. It's about how you finish. Jesus wants to complete something that he started in you. Let me say it again. Jesus wants to complete something that he's already started in you. I remember when I was in my 20s and I was praying for a wife and I had not met Tiffany and uh, you know I had dated uh, several girls and and uh, and I you know in my heart I just didn't want to make a mistake and I didn't know if they were the right girl and I didn't know if I was the right guy and you know I'd be so afraid of making a mistake and uh, you know, in marriage and those kinds of things. And, and, uh, and I remember wondering, am I ever going to find the right girl, the girl who loves me and the girl that I love? And this is one that forever, you know, will be able to be husband and wife. And, and this is the one that God has for me. And I remember looking on my own and trying to make that happen and, uh, dating and, and, uh, and getting it even in fear at times over that. And, and, uh, and I, I remember times where I'd be afraid of, of maybe I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't have the right person or maybe I'd marry the wrong person. I remember one time going to the Lord and sort of giving up and just saying, God, I put this in your hands. I know that your word says in the book of Proverbs that houses and riches are the inheritance of fathers, but the prudent wife is from the Lord. And Lord, if I'm going to have the right wife, it's going to have to be you who brings her to me and uh, brings me to her and puts this together. And, um, and I'm telling you, I, I begin to, as the scripture said, look unto Jesus. And as I did, and I put my trust in Jesus, it was interesting how quickly it came together where I met Tiffany. And in just uh, you know a year or so later, we got married 
and God just worked it all out. But it, when I tried to do it on my own, it just didn't work. When I even panicked uh, and tried to make it happen, it just didn't work. But when I looked unto Jesus and began to trust in the Lord, in fact, it worked out so well that I wasn't sure, uh, you know, I thought, well, maybe this, this, is, this seems too easy. I don't know how this is, is this really the Lord? And I went to the Lord and the Lord said, no, this is, this is me. And, uh, and I just thank God. I thank God that he does that. And let me tell you, uh, he'll do that in every area of your life. If you look unto Jesus, whatever area it is that you're believing him for, if you'll trust him, let him be the one who follows it through. Maybe you've started something and you don't know how to finish it. Let me tell you, Jesus will walk through it with you. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Philippians chapter one, verse six. It says, being confident, of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. He who has begun a good work in you will complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. But I love how it says we can be confident in this very thing. Listen, Jesus doesn't just sometimes complete it. Jesus always wants to complete what he starts. Every project he starts Everything he starts in your life, he wants to finish and he wants to complete. He doesn't just want to be a present help and be with you in your sorrow and your, your, your pain and your difficulties. He wants to walk you through to victory. He wants to carry you through to victory. The Bible says in, in Corinthians, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ Jesus. So we need, we can be confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work will be faithful to complete it. Being confident in God, in Jesus, not in yourself, but being confident in him, that when Jesus starts something, Jesus finishes it. When Jesus starts a work in you, Jesus will finish it. If Jesus spoke a word to you, hold on to that word until you see the completion of it. You know, there's a difference between a consultant and a partner. A consultant is someone that you can hire for advice. There's someone who can come in on a short-term basis and tell you how to do things and give you advice on what they think you ought to do. And you can take it or you can leave it. But they really don't have any skin in the game, so to speak. They, if you fail, they don't fail. They were your consultant and they told you what, they thought you ought to do. And you can take their advice or you could leave it. Jesus isn't just a consultant in our life. He's a partner. He's someone, a partner doesn't just consult us. A partner is someone who stays with us all the way to the completion, stays with us to the end. I remember when I was uh, in California and I was overseeing a project um, uh, in, in our sanctuary and it was on a sound system. It was a rather large sound system and it was a, a lot of money. And I remember uh, working through this sound system. I hadn't particularly done a sound system or, or oversaw a project like that before, but there was someone else who worked on this before and who's actually worked on several sound systems like this before. And they had come to our church and, uh, and they had come and talked with me and said, hey, I'd be glad to help you with this. And I thought they were gonna give me some advice with it. 
And uh, after two or three meetings, they said, hey, by the way, I want to let you know, I'm not just going to help consult you. I'm going to walk you through this thing all the way to the end. I'll be with you all the way through the end. I know how to do everything with the wiring, to the speaker selection, to this, to that, to this. And it brought me such security just knowing that they weren't just going to consult me, but that they were going to walk me through until I was completely finished with the project. I'm telling you, it just made me feel like, like a million bucks. Like I know that I can do this now just because someone who's done this before is going to walk me through the project. Can I tell you, Jesus said, I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. He also said, it said, being confident in this very thing that he who began a good work inside of you would be faithful to complete it. You can be confident that when Jesus spoke something to you, when God put something inside of your heart, that he's going to not like the consultant, but like the partner, he's going to walk you through all the way to the end until the, until the project in you and through you is completed. And we can thank God for that. And we can be confident of that. Again, he doesn't just stay with us. I'll never leave you or forsake you. But he walks with us. He partners with us and helps us follow through. We can be confident that Jesus is going to finish the work. And I want to read one more scripture. In the book of uh, Romans chapter 8, it says this, uh, Romans eight thirty four: Who is he who condemns? It's Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. What does that mean? It means that Jesus stands in the gap for you and me, even right now. Jesus is standing in the gap for you and me. Sometimes because we can't see Jesus with these physical eyes, sometimes we might think that we have a difficult time flagging him down or trying to get his attention like, Jesus, I'm going through this right now. Jesus, I need your help. Can I tell you, you don't have to do that. If, you've, uh, if you're going after the works that he's put inside of your heart, if you're following his direction, not only is he listening to you, not only is he on your side, but he's interceding for you. He's making intercession for you right now. And as you pray, he's listening to you. And the Bible says that he's a high priest who can understand all of the stuff that you're going through. When you have hardships and, and things that it may seem like you're gonna be defeated or something's going on, Jesus is right there to follow through and to help you through every single step of the way. So listen, this Christmas, um, Jesus wants you to know this. Number one, that he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He wants you to know that he's here for you every single day of your life. And Jesus wants you to know that the work that he started in you, that he's going to be faithful to complete it. He's not going to be a consultant. He's going to be a partner with you. He's with us every step of the way. I want you to do this right now where you are. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes just right there in the living room or the place where you are? Just bow your head and close your eyes and, and let's open our heart to Jesus for a moment, I want you to just ask this question. Say, Lord, what are you saying to me right now? What is it in my life that maybe I haven't trusted you with? What is it in my life that I'm trying to figure out on my own? Even during this Christmas season, I want Jesus to be the center of my decisions. 
Jesus to be the, the center of my conversations, Jesus to be the center of my family, any fears or distractions or concerns, I want to bring them back to Jesus. And Lord, I do that right now. Open your heart to him right now. Let him speak to you right now. And listen, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, would you just bow your head again and close your eyes and would you say this? Jesus, I open my heart to you. I call you my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Change me. Make me new. From this day forward, I call myself a believer. In Jesus' name, amen. And listen, if you've made Jesus the Lord of your life just now, congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. We're so glad about it. There's no better decision you could ever make. Also, if you've been discouraged, if you've been upside down about things, if you've been confused about life, maybe you're hitting the end of this year and you're just, you feel like it's been the hardest year ever. Listen, we're just about to turn the page on a new a brand new year. Let's welcome Jesus into this brand new year. Let him heal you. Let him direct you. Let him love you. Let him breathe hope and life and strength into you and into your family. If you don't have a home church, I believe everyone needs to have a home church. And if you're in the Memphis area, we just want to welcome you to Memphis Tabernacle. Would you please uh, let us know that you joined us today? If you'd, uh, if you just text text Memphis, the word Memphis to, uh, to 97000097000. Text the word Memphis and it'll tell you how to connect, fill out a connect card. If you also need prayer, if you made a decision for Jesus, uh, if you want to give online, you can do that all with that give with that link Memphis to 97000. But we want to hear from you. We want to hear testimonies. If you hear testimonies, at the end of the year or prayer request or whatever you need. We want to hear it uh, from you. And thank you for joining us today. Listen, we hope you have and pray you have a Merry Christmas. On behalf of Tiffany and I, our, all of our church staff, our church family, we love you with all of our hearts. If there's anything we can do for you, if we can pray for you, just reach out to us. You can do it right on that text link again and let us know. And we want you to have a Merry Christmas. God bless you, and please come next week, and we'll see you later. Have a great Christmas. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today, and if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Podcast.